Super excited that you're joining us for the second week of the series that I'm calling Hope. And uh, if you missed last week, which was the first week, there's a link right here. Go to our website. Make sure you, you catch uh, last week's message. Uh, as we get ready to get started, let's jump right into our scripture. Uh, Mary has just heard that, uh, that, that she's been chosen to bring Jesus into the world. And she's asking, well, how in the world can this uh, be, given that I've not had any sexual relationship with any uh, man? And the text picks up right here. It says, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, can somebody shout even Elizabeth? Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. There is the reading. If you were watching last week, you know, I, I shared with you how the angel showed up to Joseph who's trying to figure out how to break his engagement with Mary because she shared with him that she's not pregnant and, and that this is the work of God and this just sounds like insanity to him, right? And he's about to, to quietly uh, break his engagement with her. And then the angel shows up and says, look, you can trust her. She's telling you the truth. And then he quotes what the prophet wrote in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Uh, and he quotes this to say that this scripture is uniquely being fulfilled uh, in the birth of Jesus. And, and the scripture essentially says this, that a virgin shall uh, conceive and bring forth a child. And you shall give him the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And in, in, the, in the announcement of that text is a powerful declaration that comes when we consider the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus declares this good news, that we have hope because God is with us. Yeah. God is with us. Can you just, if somebody's in the room with you, just say, God is with you. That's some powerful good news, isn't it? You know, it's so easy for Christmas to get lost in the commercialism, and we're talking about Santa Claus, and we're talking about magic, and we've got all kinds of ways to talk about Christmas. People are making billions of dollars. But when I want to remember the true meaning of Christmas, I think about the word Christmas. Just say it with me. Say Christmas. And then I think about it phonetically. I think about Christ mess. And then comes the clue to the real meaning of Christmas. It's Christ in the mess with us. That's right. That is the good news that we want to announce as we think about the true meaning of Christmas. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. The declaration at the birth of Jesus is, is, a, is a wonderful resounding note that, 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 that Christ is in the mess with us. Do you feel like your life is, 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 is wrapped up in confusion? He's in that confusion. Do you feel like it's surrounded by chaos? Do you feel like it's surrounded by disaster? Do you feel like it's coming apart? Well, Oh, the announcement is Christ is in the mess with us. That's the good news of being connected to Jesus as we move through life. Hey, I've got hope because God is with me. We've got hope because God is with us. 
But I also said last week that it's not sufficient just to have an intellectual awareness that God's, God is with us, that he is present with us as we go through the difficulties of life. We've got to engage that presence. So I challenged everyone to be a part of what we call our Advent Challenge. And if you missed that, you can join the Advent Challenge right now. Uh, we're encouraging you uh, every day from today to Christmas Day. Set aside 30 minutes, schedule it, 30 minutes to spend time with God. You can break it up, three 10-minute segments or two 15-minute segments, but, but schedule it. And then spend some time engaging in God's Word. Read one chapter out of the book of Luke each day all the way to Christmas Day. And then spend some time in dialogue with God. We call that simply prayer, prayer and reflection. You want to, spend, you want to journal, that's a good way to process. You're asking yourself the question, God, what do you want to say to me through what I'm reading? God, uh, as I lean into you, uh, what, 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 how do you want to engage me? Because as I engage the God who's with us, I'm literally engaging hope. And as I have a growing relationship with the God that is with us, even on my most difficult day, I have a, an assurance of a living hope. Well, our hope begins with knowing that God is with us. But today's lesson has everything to do with the fact that our hope also rests with knowing that God is ahead of us. Can you tell somebody God is ahead of you? Yes. Listen, <clears throat> uh, the other day, my wife and I went to prepare to tape uh, our special uh, message. I forgot to share it with you that at the very end of, uh, as we talked about our Advent challenge, that on Christmas Day, uh, for everybody that signed up to receive a newsletter from us, we're going to send, my wife and I are going to send you a special greeting and a special Christmas message. It's going to be less than 10 minutes that you can share with your family and your friends. And if you uh, uh, are not signed up for our newsletter, all you got to do is simply go to our website and down at the bottom, simply subscribe so that you can receive the special message from Rhonda and I uh, on Christmas Day. Well, anyway, uh, we went to tape that message the other day. Now, Rhonda told me before I got ready to leave the house, he said, listen, I know you like to retape this stuff 25, 30 times to try to get it right. She said, I'm not built that way. So I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> we're going to tape one time, whatever that is, that's going to be what God has to do. I said, cool. So anyway. We go on to the, to, the, to the place where we're, we're taping, got all set up, and we, we tape the message first time. And then at the end of the taping, our team begins to say, okay, the second time you tape, you can do this and this. And my wife raises and says, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> she gives him the same speech that she gave me, you know, that 30 times. I'm not like him. You know, we're going to do this one more time, and you can choose between the first and the second. All right, cool. So we go here and we tape it. The second taping, oh my gosh, it was, it, we, we just both said, praise God. We just felt like it was exactly what God wanted us to say to those who would be listening. And we we're ready to get up and, and, and leave. And the technician said, wait, I'm sorry. Um, the record button was not on. I mean, we're all shocked and stunned, right? I look at Rhonda, look at me, we look at the team, we all like gasp. And so the team said, okay, what, what do you want to do? So I looked at Rhonda, I said, okay, what do you want to do? I mean, we could just live with the first tape. She looks back with me with a smile, with a sweetness, as he says, you know what, guys? I'm going to do whatever my husband says we should do in this moment. <laughs> I didn't say this, but I was like, what? <laughs> I was shocked. 
<laughs> I was waiting for it like, this is over, this is it. I was shocked. So we went on, we did the third tape, right? We get in the car, and my wife says, Rhonda says, you know, baby, this is like I'm just stunned. I said, what? She says, you know, when we drove up, the Lord showed me that we're going to do the first taping. We're going to have to do a second taping. Something was going to be wrong. We we're going to have to do a third taping. And she said, so when, when, it, when it happened, right, when the guy said that the recording was not on, I, I, I remember what God had shown me. I couldn't believe it was happening, she says. She says, that's why I was just like, whatever you said. I said, my God. So later she said, I don't know why God would do that. What's, what, was, what was that all about? I said, well, I don't really know what that was all about. But then as I was putting this message together, I said, wow, what a perfect way to illustrate. I think maybe God had this in mind, surely, to prove to all of us that he's not just with us. He's ahead of us. Yeah, he's ahead of you. And that wherever we're going to end up at, God has already run ahead. He's already made a provision for us. Come on now. Uh, when we land on the mountaintop in the midst of triumph, God is there waiting for us. When we land uh, in, a, in the valley in the midst of disaster and trauma, God is there. And, and, and he's made provisions for us. Sometimes it's provisions of resources. Sometimes it's provisions of grace and it's provisions of mercy. You know, the scripture declares that Paul says it like this. All things work together for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In other words, he has gone ahead of you. He's made provisions for you. We have hope because God is ahead of us. Now we see this in this incredible story as it relates to Mary. It's part of the point of the story, right? The angel begins to answer her question, how can these things be? He says, well, listen, the first thing that's going to happen is the Holy Spirit is going to come on you. And then the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And it's, 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 it's almost as though the angel is reading her mind because she's thinking about, oh, my gosh, this is going to set my life reeling into the future, a future that I have very little control over. I mean, does this mean that Joseph is going to, is going to, uh, uh, you know, break the engagement? Does this mean that my family is going to disown me? Uh, uh, does this mean I'm going to end up on the street? Oh, my God. I have, I, I, I have no control. This is sending my life willing into the future. And in that moment, I'm sure that's what she was sensing in some form or some fashion. And, and, and she, was, she was right where most of us are living right now. We're in a world full of, a, a, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it has taught us this. It doesn't matter how much resources, how much power you think you have. You can be president of the United States. Come on now. It doesn't matter, you know, how, how much talent, how much gifts, how many gifts you might have at the end of the day. There's so much about our futures that we just can't control. That's what's driving anxiety for us. You know, we've got young people who are seniors in high school. They're trying to figure out what college they're going to go to or what vocational school they're going to pick. Or should they go and, 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 and sign up for the U.S. military? Or should they just take a gap year? And, uh, and, and in various scenarios, you know, here's what a lot of people are saying. These young people would say, look, if I just had a crystal ball, if I could, if I could just had a crystal ball and I could just see the future, I, I could really make a better decision. And yet the teaching of this message is today that if your life is connected to the purpose of God, that wherever you land in tomorrow, he has run ahead of you. 
That's the teaching in this text, right? It's almost as though uh, the angel can hear Mary's anxiety and fear. Now, seeming her life is out of control and, and asking the question, how, how can I trust, trust a God that would, in a sense, push me off into this situation? And so he gives her proof that God has already run ahead of her. He says this. He says, even Elizabeth, that was Mary's first cousin, your relative, she's going to have a child. Check it out. In her old age. Mary had to stop right then and say, wait a moment. See, she knew Elizabeth and Zachariah. She knew how long they had wanted to have children. She knew that Elizabeth was now well past the age of having children. I'm sure she had said with Elizabeth, and Elizabeth had said something like, you know, we've been faithful to God. We've served God. We've done everything God has asked. I've had only one prayer. I've had only one dream that he has not fulfilled, that he has not answered, and that is to be a mother of my own child. But, well, you know what? I'm just going to seek to be faithful anyway. And here she is learning that in her cousin's older age she has now conceived what a miracle what an impossibility the angel points it out here he says for she who was said to be unable it's improbable it's impossible to conceive is now check this out six months ahead of you in her pregnancy you see God has run ahead He's designated Elizabeth. She's going to bring forth John the Baptist, who will be described in Scripture as the forerunner of Jesus. Now you can go to Elizabeth, and, and, and she will be your confirmation that God is not just with you, but, she's ahead of, but he's ahead of you. And you can trust him in the unknown, in the uncertain, in that which you cannot control. You can trust him. See, another word for hope is, to, is trust. It's trust in God. You can trust him. He's got you. Yeah, you can trust that. And, and, you know, the scripture concludes by this, by saying, for no word from God will ever fail. You know, uh, here's another way that text is is translated. Uh, The NIV version says this, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Here's the point. If God declares a purpose for your life, if he, de- if he declares a word for your life, no matter how improbable, no matter how impossible, you can trust that if you just simply be faithful, not flawless, but faithful, he will bring it to pass. You know, one of the most favorite movies that one of my recent favorite movies that I had an opportunity to watch at home because it came out on, uh, I don't know, HBO, one of those stations, uh, was the movie uh, that just made about Venus and Serena Williams' father. And I was just really taken aback as, as I um, went through the movie and learned a lot about him. It, it, it turns out that in some, you know, first of all, they were a family of faith. They lived in Compton, L.A., very poor, struggling, crime-ridden community this African-American family. And before the girls were born, he got this sense of their purpose, God-given purpose, that they were to be tennis stars who would shake up the world, that the world would be talking about their names. He developed what I think was a 78-page plan. And remarkably, uh, these they ended up being uh, six sisters living in one room 
And as you watched the movie, they went from one hardship to another, from one challenge to the other. And yet the God who had put this sense of purpose in the father's heart, supported by the mom and, and, and the wife, who really was a huge part of the unfolding of this dream and the answering of this prayer, God began to open one door after the next, after the next. And now, when we think about Venus, we think about uh, uh, a five-time Wimbledon champion. Champion. When we think about Serena, we think about one who's won the Grand Slam 23 times. And they had no tennis pedigree. They had no resources. They had no money. And yet the improbable, the impossible took place because when God declares it, if he can find someone who will be faithful in its pursuit, God will bring it to pass because he's gone ahead of us. Listen, here's a text that somebody needs to hear. Comes straight out of Deuteronomy. God's spoken to his people. He's speaking to his people right now uh, through the writer. You ought to take a picture of this. And on your most tough day, you ought, I want you to lean into this passage. Listen, listen to what, 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 what God wants some of us to hear. He wants you to hear this. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. You're looking at sickness in the future. You're trying to work your way through, through the disaster, the tornado in Kentucky. The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. You, you. You're not sure about your relationship with somebody that you love. The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. You've got a new job and new opportunity. All eyes are on you. You feel so inadequate, uh, uh, even though you're being paid lots of money. You've got lots of influence. You haven't told anyone how inadequate you feel. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. His word now, he will never, shout never, never leave you nor forsake you. So do not give in to that fear that is lurking around. Do not give in to discouragement that's knocking at your door. He is not only with you, he is ahead of you. <laughs> you can trust him. Praise be to God. What, what inspiration comes from knowing that God is ahead of you? But what comfort comes from knowing that God is ahead of you? And what hope comes from knowing that you can trust that God is ahead of you. Now, there's one thing I want to suggest that you need to do. You need to take the posture that Mary took in her response to the angel. Here's what she says. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Wherever it lands me, Wherever it takes me, whatever the challenge that comes about it, I don't understand it. I can't, I can't compute it all, but, 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 but have your way with my life. You know what Mary uh, depicts here? This is something we've got to really get. You know, the Roman Catholic Church often think theologically of Mary as a perfect person. We who are Protestants are not part of the Roman Catholic tradition. All of us are Christians. Jesus followed. We just disagree on this point. We, 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 we don't believe that Mary was perfect. We think the only human being that was perfect was, was Jesus Christ himself. We think Mary was just a regular human being just like you and just like me. But what was unique about Mary is that she was imperfectly available. <laughs> yeah. 
imperfectly available. God is speaking to somebody now. You've been waiting to get your life perfect before you begin to say yes to God who showed up in Jesus, before you say yes to God's purpose, before you say yes to God's call. Notice Mary is 15 years old. I'm talking to some teenager now. You need to hear that God is declaring to you is that you don't have to be a somebody in the world, a somebody in a career before you recognize that you're somebody in God's kingdom work. Right now at your age, just be imperfectly available. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep developing. We're going to keep learning who God is. Come on now. And the closer we get to him, the more he'll transform us. But come just as you are, being perfectly available. You know, if you watch that movie about the Williams sister's dad, you know, he was a long way from being perfect. He had all kinds of stuff going crazy in his life. And yet God still selected him and his wife and that family. And what was special about him is that he was imperfectly available. Can you be imperfectly available? He's talking to you right now. All you got to do is say yes. All right. Lean in on this point here as we get ready to move towards conclusion. I'm talking to you about a God who goes ahead of you. Now, check this out. God is often ahead of us through the people he places in our path. If you read the entire Gospel of Luke, you'll find how God demonstrates that he's ahead of Mary and Joseph through all the various people he placed in their path. Some were people who were inside of their family. Others were strangers. But by the time you get to the, to the end of this chapter, you mean, you've come across an array, a diverse group of people. My goodness. starts with Elizabeth and her husband, Zachariah. They were relatives. They were friends. They, too, were experiencing miraculous birth. They would be confirmation and sources of comfort to Mary. It would go to the person who they would end up having to stay with in, the, in Bethlehem. Some folk talk about it as an end. Probably was somebody's home. There was probably was a cave out where the, where the animals kept, and they had a room also there for people to stay. Well, whoever that person was, that was a provision that God made for Mary and Joseph. Oh, Luke talks about the shepherds who came, these people, these strangers who came. They didn't know Mary and Joseph from, from Adam and Eve, but they show up declaring, you know what? The angels showed up to us and they declared that your baby is, is the savior of the world. And we're so excited we came to see him ourselves. Anna, eight days later. Uh, Mary and Joseph take uh, Jesus to be circumcised. Anna's been in the temple for 70 years, and she begins to shout. She's been waiting on the Messiah. She declares, that's him. Simeon is there. He, he confirms that declaration. All of these different types of people coming into the lives of Mary and Joseph, all the people through whom God is doing a great work on behalf of them as he has run ahead of them. All right. Here's the insight, guys. Lean in here. You be careful about the people you're cutting out of your life. You know, one of the works, it's got one of the ways that the, the enemy is at work in the world all across the globe. It's a demonic reality. Is that he's driving the vision among families, the visions in churches, the visions, and he's deepening the polarization and turning people on one another. 
The work of God is the opposite. You know, the enemy's got us canceling people out of our lives, cutting people out because, it's, because we disagree on this issue or that. And yet, the work of God is to reverse that, is the opposite of that. Where the enemy will cause us to shrink our circle of relationships, the work of God causes us to expand our circles of relationship among people who are different from us because in that person over there, that person over there, uh, 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 that person over there, who thinks different, who has a political uh, perspective that is radically different, uh, that you disagree with that, but embedded in him or her may be the answer to a prayer or the fulfillment of a dream. Be careful who you're cutting out of your life. Yeah, that's the teaching here. You know, one of the biggest miracles that we experienced was the gift of our San Jose campus. Essentially, it's short way of telling the story is how God had run ahead of us. We had been five years without a building. We'd been forced out of a building. Uh, essentially, uh, they didn't renew our lease, and we had to go up to the northern part of the peninsula. And the Lord provided a wonderful Jewish synagogue that's continuing to be our home in the northern peninsula to this very day. But because of that move, we lost tons of people who didn't want to drive from San Jose all the way up. And then I ran across, one of our members came to me and said, uh, her name is Janine, who said that she was riding a bicycle across the Valco Mall. Uh, and the Lord just kind of spoke to her. There was some connection between that mall and our church. She thought maybe it has something to do with where our church would land. I filed that away in the back part of my heart. And months later, we were sitting around the table. And we're trying to figure out how could we... It was trying to find a building. It looked hopeless. It looked completely impossible. And then someone said in the room, there's a fellow by the name of Peter Powell. He's a Christian. He, he might be able to help you. I said, well, does anyone know him? And Tenny Sy, sitting across the table, had become our real estate person who later became a partner and joined our NBCC church, said, I know him. Relationships. And she went and reached out to him, come to find out God had gone ahead of us. He said, wow, I've been wanting to meet with Pastor Herman for some time. He came and met with me and our executive pastor. And before the conversation was over, he had offered one of the buildings. Check it out. Turns out he's the owner of Valco Mall. And he offers us a building on that mall as he's in the process of renovating. We could raise up a, a, a church campus there. We went to work, working on it after about several months. It became clear that the city would not give us the permits to, to complete the work. And so sometimes, guys, you're looking at God here. You're thinking God is going to be working here, but he's doing something totally different here. So the door closed and we pulled back. In the meantime, Peter and myself and Peter and our congregation, he just really got to know our heart and our passion. Months later, we were told about the same tinny sign, sent Pastor Tilden a note about this Chinon facility in San Jose. Pastor Tilden, feeling led by God, went and checked it out, told me about it. And I felt moved, and I picked up the phone and called Peter. and said, Peter, would you consider buying this building, the Trinon Theater? He said, the Trinon? He said, I just checked that out a few days ago. I was thinking about buying it. I said, well, I would like for you to buy it and then turn it over to us and then sell it to us at a pace that we can buy it over the next several years. He said, cool. He did just that. And that is how we got our campus here 
in San Jose. And now we're two campus church plus our campus online. The miracle of a God who went ahead of us, but he went ahead of us in relationships, people. And all of these different people that I've talked about, they think differently politically. They're different ethnicities. They're different cultures. As a matter of fact, they reflect the remarkable differences that make up NBCC. It's, it's part of our unique call in this polarized day. You see a picture here on the screen of how uniquely different we are politically in all these different ways. And yet we find our commonality in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, in the fact that he is our savior and our redeemer. And he is utilizing this community to proclaim to the world that there can be a unity that transcends all of the division in this one called Jesus despite political differences and all these other things. So here's what I say to people. Stop thinking you got to agree on everything in order to move forward together. Here's, here's the principle. Agree to disagree about that issue or that issue with your family member, with your friend, or with that person over there. Then love. Then love. Move forward together. You know why? Relationships matter. Relationships matter. That's why Jesus shows up. God shows up in Jesus. He becomes one of us. Relationships matter. Relationship with one another matter. Relationships with, with relationship with God matters. It's not enough just to have an intellectual awareness of God. It's not enough just to be able to give some definition of God. That God wants to know you personally. He wants to know me personally. He wants us to enter into a relationship with him. That is why he gave us the gift of his son, Jesus, who came and lived and showed us how to love across our differences, who ultimately gave up his life on Calvary's cross to pay the price for all of the sin and the imperfections that define our lives and to deliver us into a life eternal. Yeah, you know, as I bring this to a close, I'm thinking about, you know, after the crucifixion of Jesus, they had buried him in the tomb. And the women show up the next day, and there they find an empty tomb. But there's the, the, Jesus is gone, but there's an angel there, and the angel says, Why are you here looking for Jesus? He has risen just as he has said, He's broken free into life eternal. He's alive. And then he says these words in Mark chapter 16. He says, so now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, the one who had betrayed him, the one who had broken his heart. If there's somebody listening to me who feels like God doesn't want anything to do with you because you've betrayed him, you've broken the heart, you got to hear this text about a God who is a reconciling, redeeming God. He says, including Peter, tell him that Jesus, the resurrected one, is gone ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him. You know, at the end of the day, guys, as I bring this to conclusion, you know, tornadoes happen. Disease comes. The fact of the matter, none of us will get off of this earth, no matter how wealthy, how powerful we are, without having to deal with death itself. This is why my faith is not in some abstract understanding of God. This is why my faith is not in the unfolding universe. This is why my faith, and this is why Christmas is so meaningful to me. It's not Santa Claus, and it's not just the baby, but it's one who was born a baby, but, 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 but became king of kings and lords of lords. He's the one who kicked the door open through death into eternal life, and I have put my life in his hands. And the good news says he runs ahead of me and if you trust him he runs ahead of you also 
in this life and in life eternal. He's with us. He's ahead of us. And because of that, you and I, yeah, we've got an everlasting hope. Amen and amen. God, make this truth come to life in the listeners today in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me encourage you to take a step forward in your faith. Uh, Simply aim your phone at the QR code right here on the screen. It'll take you to Next Steps with Jesus as a part of our connection card. And every week, people all across the country and beyond are making decisions to follow Jesus. This is your opportunity. It can change the very course of your destiny. Simply check, I want to be a Jesus follower. That, that will ultimately be your confession, that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died, that he rose from the dead, and that you want him to be the redeemer of your today and your tomorrow, so that wherever you land in your tomorrow, you want to be assured that he's not just with you, but he's ahead of you, having made provisions for you, both in time and in eternity. Also, as it relates to the response to the message, I just simply want to invite, if you have not joined in on our Advent uh, challenge, do that today. Check yes and become a part of our challenge from now till Christmas Day. 30 minutes a day, spending time with God, reading scripture, praying, reflecting, engaging this God that we've come to know in his son, Jesus Christ. And now, make sure you note this reflection question. I want you to consider it. Take a picture of it. Where have I noticed that God was ahead of me in my life? And how did that experience involve people in my life?